Fellas, everybody. Let me sit. Welcome, episode one fifteen. Welcome to twenty twenty one. Hasn't everything just immediately changed overnight? I feel great. I do too. I mean, I'm we, not complaining. We're fucking I... cooking here in twenty twenty one. First episode of the year. I mean, resolutions. Anybody? Come oh, on. Oh, what shit. do we got here? What do we got? I have not smoked, vaped. This is my third full day. Congratulations, going? going strong. It's not that hard. Like today, yeah, I had chewed one piece of gum. She's got the Nicorette. The but the fir- Nicorette recommends that you chew nine pieces. Which just annoyed me. And you were like all about it. And I'm like, first of all, this no. is, they're like, make sure you use it for a full 12 weeks and uh, it chew at least nine pieces every day. Well, and it's like, here's no. The thing. I wasn't all about it for you, but I was all about it as instruction in general because I could see someone just taking two pieces and being like, this, I'm not getting the same effect as I get from cigarettes and complain. Where it's like, they want you to chew nine. So it's like, oh, you can see the possibility of this being a, a decent replacement mm. level of nicotine. as the, like, This is for heavy smokers. You know, sure. Because they don't want people to be like, not as good and toss it away, you know? Yeah. Well, to me, it's just clearly instructions to ensure that you buy a lot of Nicorette gum and get addicted to that. Right. Instead. Like, how many pieces are in a pack? Well, you can get like a pack of 100 or a pack of like 160. I got the pack of 100, which was like 45 mm-hmm. bucks, I think. Of course, there's that aspect mm-hmm. to it because it's expensive and shit. But I think it's easier for a quitting person <laughs> to start with a high level and then taper back as yeah. opposed like if, if say if they just packed a, a nine piece worth the level of nicotine that they have in nine pieces in the one piece. There we go. Holy shit. First of all, if I haven't eaten and I chew that gum, I've found that it, I get nauseous, which is odd. Mm. Right, because you smoke all the time on an empty stomach. Fine. Yes. It it says on the pack, the four milligram for smokers who have their first cigarette within 30 minutes of starting their day. And I was like, bro, first 30 seconds of starting. It's the first thing I think of (laughs) when I wake up. Roll over, pop. But uh, I don't know. I just feel like take it when you feel you need it. And I think we're all capable of determining what dosage works for us i don't know but i think like the idea is that the for the tapering off it's not just like when you feel the urge to smoke you chew a piece it's like it's supposed to almost like go unnoticed or something so that when you by the time you've tapered off down to one piece from nine or whatever you don't have that urge as much anymore right but they say to do that for six weeks chew nine a day Sore gums. I, I just don't appreciate the the them telling me that I need that many. That's all. That's all it is. Um, probably to, to the nausea point. It's probably because it's going to your stomach instead of your lungs, though. Yeah. Yeah. I do prefer it going into my lungs. You should probably stop swallowing it, first of all. <laughs> swallowing what? The gum. I don't do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so today I only had one piece of gum. Uh, much less, like, thought about it at all i just don't think this is like super difficult as people make it out to be like what i was expecting was much more intense you haven't been a lifelong smoker though yeah this is true yeah 
That is true. Yeah, no, I was on I was on the Julie back in the day, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when I decided to quit one day, because I just noticed I would I would tell myself I'd be like, maybe I should just stop. Like I'm not getting a whole lot out of this. Like I'll just stop. And I would immediately come up with rationalizations. And then one day I realized that those are all just thoughts. You know, I was like, oh, that's just like the addiction talking. In my oh, head. I'm a master of justifying why. Right, but it took me noticing. I'm it. like, I don't do anything else. I deserve at least this. <laughs> I, yeah, I yeah, for sure. Like it was just like I've been, I'm on good and all. Yeah, all of the, all of the tricks, you know. <laughs> but I was like, oh, that's just that's the addiction talking. That's that's what that is. It's me hooked on the thing, trying to, yeah, preserve even just feeling threatened by the thought of quitting, and then I just stopped. I was like, okay, I just stopped, and it was fine. And then quarantine hit, Ooh. and I. I didn't use it forever, and then uh, I used yours when I visited. I rehooked you. You re- well, yes and no, but it was like <laughs> I enjoyed it, and then I was, and then I came back, and I was fine without it. You were sucking it down here in Denver. I sure was. I sure you was. Were, I but was I'm the like, same way with money. like with uh, with uh, candy. I'm the same way. I just binge. <laughs> I'm a I'm a binger. <laughs> but I was fine without it when I came back, and then we went and got all my stuff from Bellingham. And that was one of the things ah. was my my jewel uh, my, my my Julie, and then it just took the thought process of like you heard the demon calling exactly. It's exactly what it was. It was like it'd be so easy to just order pods or buy pods or whatever. And I was I'm like oh it's quarantine I'm not doing anything, whatever. So I've been on it two months, three months, something like that. But I I mean I'll I'll probably kick it soon. I'm not worried about it. Yeah, you know it's funny because even now I'm like. Wow, well, quitting has been so easy. Like, now that I know I can quit whenever. Let me go back to it. <laughs> right, because it's been three whole days. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's all That's the addiction talking. funny. Yep. I'm doing no sugar January. So Nice. Oh, and by no sugar, I don't mean, like, avoiding fruit. Right, you mean, like, things that are, that Made is of sugar. Desserts. <laughs> yeah. Candy. Yeah. Not doing any of that. Right. I'm on day three going strong with that. Nice. Uh, even though Morgan's been fucking chugging it down and keeping it around me. And well, because now cookies. that's my new thing <laughs> where I'm like, at least I still have sugar. But yeah, I'm it's fucking. It's fine for you. It's just hard. The hard part of not eating sugar for me is not craving it. It's it being around me. And I just know. Like and I had to right. make cookies for a gift for someone that wasn't just tempting you. And I do feel bad for that. <laughs> Can I tempt you? Speaking of the <laughs> quitting sugar, I think that is more difficult for me than it has been to quit the jewel. Yeah. Because that I have like a real yeah. physical like craving for uh, that I can't just ignore as easily. But it's also like in so many things. Yeah. Like there's so many, there's so much variety with sugar. Right. That's why forms. I'm not being like a Nazi about it. I'm just like, if it's a fucking mm-hmm. thing right. intended to be a sugary snack or treat, I'm avoiding it. It's all off that the shit. list. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like I ate spaghetti today and I know that fucking all those noodles break down into sugar, all the carbs or whatever, but I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I'm fucking. You got to eat carbs, homie. Yeah. So I'm doing that. Another resolution that I have is I'm going to. My goal this year is to wake up every morning, and if I miss the morning, I'll do it later in the day, but every morning and write for one hour. I think this is a very impressive goal. I already am going three days in a row on that. Do you feel like- Set the timer and go. 
as time goes on, it'll get harder because you just don't know what to write about like every day, or do you think it'll get easier? I think it'll get easier. Well, this leads into my question, which is like, what kind of writing are you doing? Are you just doing like vomit, like just whatever stream of consciousness kind of shit, or are you like trying to write something? It's all of the above. It's whatever gets hooked into my mind, then I start going with it. Okay. So I don't intend it to be like a journal, even though sort of right now it kind of is, is like a hybrid journal mm-hmm. slash just, yeah. it's not like here's what I did yesterday, yeah. it, but it is like autobiographical in the sense of like laying down thoughts like so far, but eventually I hope that say I'm doing in other creative projects that it'll bleed into of course that morning work where I can jot down a few ideas and then transcribe it over. An hour is quite yeah. so, quite a while. It's necessary. Like I thought about doing, oh, just do 30 minutes. But no, like once you get start, like yeah. starting is the hard part. Once you For get sure. going, you need, I need the full hour to flesh out full thoughts. thoughts. Mm-hmm. I was trying to do uh, three pages worth every morning for a while there, which is, it's a hard habit to get into. But I also have like, I was more, um, I don't have as many restrictions on my time currently. So that part of it was nice because the three pages would take however long they would take. Uh, for the most part but it was all just like vomit just stream of consciousness don't and sometimes i would write in uh all white like i would just turn the the typeface white so that i couldn't see what i was writing so i wouldn't be editorializing myself what is on the page isn't necessarily important it's it's the act of writing it's the act of not censoring myself trying to get over the uh the internal critic and shit see the whole typing thing is the only reason why i don't want to type is because i don't want to constantly see the red underline. You misspelled this the word. Red line. I, I don't. I don't want any of that stuff. And I want to be able to like jump up and or like write something in the margin, like something completely unrelated, or like do a flow chart yeah. here or there. So I just want the free form, pencil in hand writing. That's a good idea. It does have the downside of if I have like really good ideas that I want to translate over, then I have to fucking mm-hmm. look over and type it out. But mm-hmm. other than that, I like the handwriting. Also, the downside of my, my hand hurts. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> but, but that'll get better. As yeah, I like, but when we were in school and stuff, I mean, every fucking fall, you'd start taking notes or whatever, and like your hand would hurt like a son of a bitch, and a month later, you were fine. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy how you can adapt. So crazy. Also, at the start, I don't know how long I'm going to be doing this, uh, but until I get better, I suppose, I made like a box with things in it that I want to work on so like uh, to just improve myself in general so like not gossiping like Uh, a little like it's almost like a like a lottery yes like pieces of paper in a box that you pick at random correct um not being Mm -hmm. judgmental uh, not being self-critical like just those types of things it's like one per day that you like exactly. are mindful of or something exactly awesome. and you try and avoid or you know as little as you can and that way like instead of being like i want to improve all these things about my personality let me watch out for all of them you're just doing one and getting into the habit of recognizing it and correcting for it so i'm excited about that i'm going to start it tomorrow that's dope thank you also my original plan was to every day spend an hour on the piano. Yes. Because we just bought a piano. Ew. But it hasn't shipped yet. Ew. It was supposed to come at the end of December. It didn't come. And now the estimated uh, early 2021. So starting whenever I get it, I will be doing an hour on the piano every day. 
That's two Fuck hours yeah. dedicated. And I'm still reading. But my reading will taper back. Like It'll be the same goal. Before my goal was 30 pages a day. I still have the goal of 30 pages a day, but wow. I would end up reading w- way over 30 more, 30 pages a day. Right. So yeah. I'll probably be closer to that now that I have other things. That's a, that's a, a lot of dailies. Well, I started thinking about how well, we don't have any kids yet. Correct. So mm-hmm. all these things, like you would give a pass to someone I feel who was a parent mm-hmm. to be like, oh, you can't like, just not enough time in the day to do all these things. But it's like, I do have the time, and especially since yeah we're working from home, I just feel like there's, there's time. lots of things to be doing. There's more time in the day than you think, and the more things I add, the less time I will be just spending on my phone. Yeah. You know, so it's yeah. I actually find that if I don't have like a packed schedule or whatever, I just niggas on yes, <laughs> or watch TV or whatever. But if I have things that I need to do. I, I'm just more productive overall. Like I'm yeah. less likely to waste any time. Right. You paradoxically get more time. Right. Exactly. Yeah. What about you, Jamal? Uh, I don't, I don't believe in it. Yeah. And believe in what? Re- making new year's, new year's resolution. Yeah. It's Resol- arbitrary. Resol- that, yeah. But I, yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, you can call it, just call it something else. <laughs> Goals. <laughs> I'm just saying I haven't set any that uh, that align with this date, you know, with the with the new year. But um no, I mean I still got the the meditation practice going strong. And it's funny I I mentioned last pod or the pod before that talking about free will and how Ian and I have been talking about that a lot and for Christmas I gave him my copy of Free Will. <laughs> semi as a dig and semi like you need to just read the fucking book it's so fucking short you can do it and uh so he started reading it and like a few days after that sam launched in the meditation app a whole course on free will oh and i was like fuck yeah (laughs) that's fucking dope he's fucking great tight 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 how are you guys uh how's the meditation going on your end it's going good for me i mean i do it every day I am starting, so here's the thing, you guys. I would love to do Sam's thing, but I'm doing this thing with a friend of mine that is related to Deepak Chopra's, uh, it's a daily meditation and a daily task. And we were talking about meditation today, and she was like, oh, I have this thing, like, we should do it together. And I was like, (laughs) all right. (laughs) I would hope that that will then get me on some sort of a path to doing the real shit, the Sam Harris shit. Yeah. What I find now, I get a little annoyed with having to be at the whim of Sam's lesson. Cause I, the room that I'm in is completely dark. So when he's like, let's start this meditation with eyes open. I'm like, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> I do like doing it with eyes open occasionally, but a lot of times when I find myself sitting down, it's like, I don't want to do that. So a lot of times I'll do the 10 minutes and then afterwards I set a timer for eight and I just do eight minutes of only focusing on my breathing. Nice. Because I feel like that's the fundamental, right? Is just focus on your breathing and everything sort of melts away from there. Mm-hmm. I feel like once I get really good at that, then I could start fucking adding Twitting. more arrows to the quiver. But I think that you should um, just uh, be open to failing. And, uh, <laughs> you know, just... I'm 100% open to failure. That's all I do the entire time I meditate. I know. 
But I'm just saying, maybe you should be a little more open-minded. How? <laughs> just do <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do it. I just said I, I oh, do it every day, okay. and then I do eight minutes. Oh, out. oh okay. Yeah. And I just, I'm sorry. I misunderstood. I was mostly just trying to. Be a dick. <laughs> I know, but I wanted you to have an accurate dick. Okay. Yeah, but it's all it's all consciousness and its contents, you know. So even in in a dark room, you have your eyes open. I know. I do that. Right. But it's but like- it's, it's like just accept it for how it is how it how it appears it's not as clear as you want it to be but that's that's just you thinking i do it i look i open my eyes but the cool thing about closing my eyes is that since it's a dark room after i'm doing it for a while i don't it doesn't i can't it's like being in a fucking sensory deprivation tank where i can't tell if my eyes are open or closed yeah i I know what you mean yeah (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's funny, and Jordan, you know this, but the thing that I find it easiest to focus on during meditation is sound in the room. Because mm-hmm. if I do my breathing, I would get all, first of all, there's too many areas. Focus on the affected. sound of your breath. Okay. Yeah. But then I feel like I change my breathing and I. I that, that just comes with practice. Yeah. Right? For, same. Like, I feel like I'm like trying to control it all the time. But then you just become aware of that. And you always start by controlling. Like, you're going to start focusing on your breath. Yeah. And now you're, you're actively breathing in yeah. and out. But once you're doing it for a while, then there's moments where you're not thinking about controlling the breath and you're only focused mm-hmm. on the breath as an entity of breath, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And not that it's you doing it. It's dope. I've had moments meditating, and it's. I think it's when I'm really tired and I do it. Mm-hmm. I catch myself like, was I deep in a meditation or was I just on the cusp of sl- falling asleep? <laughs> but when that happens, I do tend to go like, <gasps> like the mm-hmm. act of falling asleep was like my breathing stopping at yeah. the same time. Like I almost killed myself with meditation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. God damn. <laughs> No, but I think the uh, what you're talking about, the annoyance, it's a, a little annoying to be at the, the whim of Sam's whatever he, whatever he decides you should do today. That's just another moment, man. That's you being lost in thought. Notice that. No, I know. Annoyance is the wrong word. It's like, okay, I'll do this. But sometimes I feel like his lesson is almost in the way of me just being in a, like, quiet and just being still. Because when Sam does talk, it does take me out of it. Like, I'm not at the point now. I'm not a guru who can just hear his voice as just another thing. It's like, I'm since I'm actively listening, now I'm in, like, sure. I'm in the me thinking I think stage. in the very first uh, day one meditation, he says, like, mm-hmm. you, you know, you're effortlessly translating my voice. Uh, I'm likely interrupting you right now, interrupting your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Like, now just yeah. notice that. See when you first hear me and, like... Whatever. Yeah, the moment my voice impinges on your ear. And he's talking about like, because he got a lot of complaints about that exact thing. And he was like, you may be doing some other practice, but that's not the practice that I'm trying to get you to do. Like what I'm asking you to do is completely, fuck, the word escapes me, but it right. works. It jives. <laughs> right. It's <laughs> it about, it's about being present and just noticing everything. And that's including his voice. Yeah, but consciousness and its contents. And that's part of the it. The thing is, I do like when his voice comes in. <laughs> When I am lost in thought, because then it reminds me, oh, I'm thinking, and to reset. Yeah. But a lot of times it's just I want to focus on my breath or focus on the feeling of the pressure of, like, your hands on on your knees or whatever, you know? And so yeah. I'm trying to, like, hone in that focus and try to let everything else fall away. 
And so when his voice comes in, now that's another thing. And I'm just, I'm just not good enough at meditating at this point to allow that. I understand that to allow that is the fucking Zen state that you want to be in. That anything that someone can come in with a knife and scream in your face and you're still just like, that's just another fucking consciousness and its contents. <laughs> right. But I'm right, not, but I'm how you not... get good at that is those and is that annoyance, is that struggle you're talking about. Of course, right? so of like, course. So you're doing good work. All right, that's been meditation talk. <laughs> yeah. So you were talking about giving a gift to Ian. This is going to get to the pod pick now, okay? I okay. almost did this, but decided against it because it's just way too weird. But holy shit, I fucking was searching for a shirt for Morgan off this website called Redbubble, which just does knockoff fucking like merch yeah the legality of it is is really i don't know i don't understand i've never heard of this site i was trying to get morgan an animal crossing related shirt and one shirt was suggested like one of like you might also like (laughs) and i was like wait what and i click this it's the pod pick and it's just a fucking disgusting green shirt that just says shrek wars (laughs) (laughs) in the star wars font uh, well, I want to get this shirt for everybody I know. It's the funniest <laughs> shirt I've ever seen. Like you I, were, I, I mean, you were giddy over over oh this. Oh my! Like, I was so excited I about this shirt. How amused! Like you were just so stoked. <laughs> I, I I couldn't come up with a funnier shirt if I tried. I mean, this shirt, <laughs> Shrek Wars. I, <laughs> <laughs> what's oh what God. what's the the through line i felt i feel like you should have at least gotten it for like jared for his birthday or something i it that's the thing if just receiving the shirt in the mail i just feel like it's too weird it's too out of context <laughs> well even when you showed mm-hmm. it to me i was like i don't like i don't get it right it, it needs to be accompanied with me standing there laughing right like look at this uh-huh. do you do you see how dumb this is right like <laughs> it's just it doesn't work unless there's somebody who gets it around you i feel mm-hmm. i don't know man it just doesn't make any sense why would you who it thought of really that really does trek wars it really doesn't make any sense i just don't i don't there's no crossover between those two things maybe that's why they made it i just feel like there's an underground website somewhere that this is an actual thing or this is an actual maybe this is a podcast if you search for Shrek Wars, Shrek maybe there's a Shrek Wars podcast. I don't know. Maybe I'm just out of the loop. I feel on something, like what but... it comes from is is that there is there is in 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 the meme culture this huge section that's all about Shrek. How Shrek is there's this whole like there's Shrek is love, Shrek is life. It's all about how Shrek. It, it's just not. It's so not a palatable thing that anything you stick it next to to pair it up with becomes kind of funny oh so there's like shrek everything here's what you're saying i would imagine like shrek fellas fellas. holy fuck well i just thought it was funny i guess the funny oh yeah it's funny it's like the i had the similar experience that you had when i stumbled upon this a few years ago a little gif of uh shrek and shadow the hedgehog making out like passionately like they just united yeah and that shit was the funniest that was like when that i saw that i i i'm i i was like this is the funniest gif i've ever seen yeah so it's the same the the same level of enjoyment (laughs) that you got out of shrek wars i was like this doesn't make any fucking sense that you would ever pair these two together 
and the color palette of like the red and black of Shadow and the vomit green of Shrek. It's just like, what the fuck is that? And they're making out. It's just what the fuck is happening. <laughs> I mean, the the thing about Shrek is it's already a mashup of all the fairy tales. Yeah, it's like a fairy tale mashup. Yeah. And so to bring in something that's just completely outside of the fairy tale and be like Shrek this, yeah. Shrek and Sonic, yeah. <laughs> Shrek and Star yeah. Wars. It's just funny. Yeah. Like, no, Shrek is just yeah, life. It's, funny. it's Shrek life is what it is. Shrek life. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Shrek is love. Shrek is life. I mean, there's no crossover story-wise. Nope. Uh, timeline, as far as like Shrek ended fucking a long time ago. <laughs> and like well before like The Force Awakens and the new Star Wars reboot started happening. So it's just, what the fuck? Yeah. I could have never made that mental leap to create that shirt and so i thought it was enjoyable well speaking of shrek you had sent me the pod pick uh, a few days ago and i watched shrek it just it just so happened like the day the next day nicole and danica were like we should watch shrek <laughs> I was like, what oh the fuck god, is going on god crazy. is real god is real as fuck and i look up on hulu and it's shrek pops up on hulu but this was december 31st and it was like, it'll be available the next day, January 1st, it'll be available on Hulu. And I was like, let's just wait till tomorrow. But then it was on Peacock and Nicole had a Peacock account. So we watched it with ads. Oh my, every, yeah. The Peacock Yikes. account is free if you want to watch it with ads. Yeah, we just I'm like, let's just that. wait a day. because yeah, Children of Men is on fucking Peacock and we were about to watch that and then it was with ads and I was like, eh. No thanks. Yeah. You mean, you want me to watch a very bad version of the movie? No. Yeah. And then I watched Shrek 2. The following day, the day that Shrek 1 became available on Hulu, we watched Shrek 2. I don't think I've seen Shrek 2. i definitely seen it. I don't remember anything about it. I remember the gingerbread man <laughs> oh, being is a he key only component. Big, big old gingerbread man. Is he only in the second one? No, no he's, he's in, in the first, first one, but only briefly. Hmm. Yeah, I know the first one pretty well. That's because it was played yeah, I mean, I've only seen it a fucking times. thousand times. Exactly. It was on like the Napoleon school. Dynamite level, like as far as popularity and seeing it multiple times. I, I feel like Dynamite I watched it in school probably 12 times. Exactly. Same it's with, fucking yeah. same middle with school. Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. I only saw yeah. that in school as well. Only in school? I think yeah. maybe I've seen it once outside of school, but like I just hate sitting in a school chair. To me, it's like, can we go home if this is what we're right. doing? I hate fuck? that. I hate that every fucking... Every fucking joke lands yes. in every fucking comedy yep. that you watch in Ugh. a classroom. And I, I never understood it. I never understood. It's a group fucking delusion that's happening. I, I, I do not like watching movies with uh, a bunch of teenagers with the lights on. So. But even before you're a teenager, like just kids in general, they, I always felt that where every joke is hitting and is killing yeah. every single it's attempt at humor. It's because they recognize it as a joke, and it's like a reflexive. But how come I didn't, wouldn't laugh then? I'm a dick. I'm just a fucking no, dead, but dead inside. Yeah. No, but it, you, yeah. you're aware yeah. that, hey, some of these jokes aren't funny. I think people hear what is supposed to be a joke, and they almost like. It's the sheep mentality. It's like, if I don't yeah. laugh, then I'm the weird one. So I'm going to get ahead mm. of the game, and then everyone else is having the same thought. Right. But even but it's all happening so quickly. When everyone's watching Trek, and we know we've all seen it nine times, mm-hmm. how is the lower joke? I, I get like the top three jokes in it being like it's it's funny every time, but like every joke, like mm-hmm. you've seen this. Yeah. Oh, you I know. know. <laughs> oh, I know. It, it's 
or it's almost like um, they're like, do you get it? You know, like I get it. Like laughing is signifying that you understand. That is my all time least favorite laughter. <laughs> I mean, and that's shitty because when you examine it, it's just people's insecurity, right? But it's laughing for the sake of letting everyone else in the room know that yes. you got the joke. I think that happens a lot more often than we think. And I'll tell you what, people laughing yeah. in at trailers in the fucking movie theater is mm. my least mm. favorite thing. I mean, so there's some great trailers. So sure, it's, but it's, none of them are... <laughs> Wait, the out of context joke in a trailer. Fuck. It's like, dude, you don't even yeah. you don't even know. Like I know. <laughs> you don't you're not invested in these characters. What the fuck? Yeah, but what I thought you were gonna say is even the reverse of that is laughing at this scene that we all saw in the trailer yes. when it's happening in the movie. Yes. It's like you, yeah. <laughs> you are always one to point out I already knew. It's in the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here comes the mm-hmm. joke in the trailer. And then the people in the theater who ask turn to their friends say, "Do you get do you get get it?" Yeah, there's that. And there's the where re- they repeat the, the joke. Repeating the joke. Is repeating the, is the, worst the one. joke. Yes. God. Get the fuck out of here. I always jump to when we watch The Martian, and he goes, "I'm the best botanist on this entire <laughs> planet," and the guy going like, "You're the only botanist." Oh my god. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> dude. <laughs> It's really oh, you got it. It's God. really crazy. <laughs> it's so crazy. I just want to real quick say uh, R.I.P. to M.F. Doom. Fucking one of the best ever. Rip. And dude. he died apparently on Halloween of last year, but his family yeah. didn't give the news until recently. So December thirty first. What did he die of? I don't know. They didn't disclose. There was no, no. Yeah. No cause of death. Is he old? He's said. 49. He's 49. That's not old. Definitely yeah. not old enough to die, I would say. Um, but he's fucking amazing. Uh, underrated as a producer, even. I mean, it's, he's he mm-hmm. was a groundbreaking rapper, but also a well-regarded producer, like to the level of like Jay Dilla and, and Mad Lib. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's sort of in that camp. camp. And yeah, fucking talented as fuck guy. Um, he keep his hoes in check Sends him out to get glows from all frozen necks Tell him take his clothes, leave him posing naked for real Better yet, get him for the check off the record deal Find out where he keep the tech and the blue steel Make sure for extra wreck, let him know how you feel And while he's running down to All-Star Weekend to ball I'm coming with the U-Ball Yeah, I fucking, I mean, mm, Food is one of one of my favorite albums. Uh, it's excellent if you haven't heard it. It's fucking great. It's entirely produced, or mostly. I think there might be a couple tracks that aren't, but entirely produced by him. Um, I think his most famous album is Mad Villainy, which is produced by Mad Lib. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm, Food is excellent. Mm, yeah. I just wanted to ask the question, when did losing your temper and having a temper start to mean the same thing? Um, like, oh, he has a temper, or don't lose your temper. Like, those are opposites, but they mean the same thing. I don't think they do mean the same thing. What do you mean? If someone's like, oh, he has a temper. You, you've you heard that, right? Yeah. Oh, I know what you're saying. I get you. You can't have a temper. You can lose. Or you lose the, it. Having a temper would mean you're calm. Right. He's always queued up with a temper, so you don't want to trigger it for him to lose it. This is what that means. No, but to temper 
something is to like lessen it is to like damp it down correct so right having a temper doesn't make any sense well what what about temper tantrum exactly what about maybe it's uh, it doesn't make any maybe sense. it comes from temperature it does not how a temperament <laughs> yeah but to, a temperament is just a scale like you can have a fucking whatever temperament but to temp but a temper as a verb is to lessen right well it says yeah a person a temperament a person's or animals' nature, especially as it permanently affects their behavior. So it's just the nature? Yeah. But that, that sounds really neutral, your temperament. Or it is um, unique to the individual, whatever their temperament is. Oh, he's a really happy guy. That's his temperament. Think right, of temperament. temper as a measurement rather than a state. It's yeah. rather like the related word temperature. It's possible to have a good temper, a bad temper, a mild temper, and many other variations. But you never hear... Oh, he has a re- really good temper. You never hear that. Correct. Yeah, it's just not the the popular one. Yeah, but he has an an enjoyable temper. Which one do you take umbrage with? Having a temper or losing? No, having a temper is what I take umbrage with. Right. Because it's just temper, like having a temperament. Like everyone has a temperament. Now that right, but maybe it, maybe it. Yeah, it is. Ju- it's uh, it's dumbing down or you know boiling it down to. Like the the bad is implied, but that's that's my umbrage. <laughs> to, it's like when did that happen? Yeah, that it now is a hundred percent assumed bad. to be bad. Yeah, because everything I'm yeah. finding, it's like your temper is the way you're feeling at a particular time. If you're in a good temper, you feel cheerful. If you're in a bad temper, you feel angry and impatient. It's uh, I I don't ever hear good temper. Hmm. But that I guess losing your temper also is in the same vein then, because now it's saying you're losing your positive temper your current state like you could but if you're in a fit of rage and then you lose your temper you would be in a positive state exactly right apparently yeah but no but people would be like what do you mean if you were to say that <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> yeah he lost it a long but time ago people bro people say keep your temper like keep your temper like keep to keep one's temper yeah i feel like you only hear good temper in like fucking some old fucking powdered wig fuck i met him and he was in good temper like some shit like that yeah if you put a if you throw a british accent on it then it sounds like maybe people said it but yeah i don't know i don't know man yeah it's interesting Hmm. interesting indeedo all right i have a new topic beautiful you guys want to oh i have a follow-up to one of your segments from the past on uh does anybody still use that? Does anybody still use that? Um, <laughs> I drove by a bank either today or yesterday, and people were using the tubes. Tubes, yes. Tubes are in. People wow. still use that. <laughs> cool. Answers that. All right. Here's the new topic. That's just how I feel. That's just how I feel. All right. I like it. So heading into 2021, right? There's certain things that I just I just feel like uh, we can do away with, you know? Okay. Um, for starters, I really hate the word darkly. Okay. In what context? <laughs> so A scanner darkly. So whoever used it first, darkly. whoever used it fucking first gets a pass. But then everyone else who uses darkly, 
I'm like, do you I fucking, don't even know. you're plagiarizing, get the fuck out of here with this shit, it's been used. It just feels like a word that's like, someone used it already, through a glass darkly, it's like a fucking poem or some shit. Oh. Um, a scanner darkly. It's also the name of an Ingmar Bergman. Yeah, yeah, movie. and fucking, I don't know, Donnie Darkly. That's Donnie Darkly. No, no, that's not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, his dark but there's a, material, darkly material. Yeah, exactly, so... My my gripe is that there's an upcoming movie called Wander Darkly, and I'm like, fuck your movie title, dude. <laughs> fuck your movie yeah. title. Darkly is out. It's been used. Uh, yeah. It's done been yeah. used, okay? That's just how I feel. Now, All right. I also wanted to bring up that uh, Snake in the Grass, mm-hmm. as a mm-hmm. lyric, is oh. done. It's done, it's okay? Right. Do, are people still, are people dropping that as a It's lyric? been used. I'm just saying. That's like a nerd, like it's like a dorky fucking colloquialism, cliche. I don't know what the right term is. I'm just saying like no. He's a real snake in the grass. Yeah, if you say it like a nerd. Hmm. But I'm saying saying like a snake in the grass, like as a, as a metaphor. It's, it's just, it's, it's been, it's overused. Played out. Mm-hmm. Played out. No one can refer to these record execs as snakes in the grass oh, anymore. Gosh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just come up with a new metaphor. That's all I'm saying. Uh, agreed. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm all for new Mets. Yeah. That's just how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> that's just, that's just, that's just how I feel. <laughs> yeah. I feel like a, a, it's oh, almost like a, like a, a different version of H2 over. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be negative. Okay. Just something. That's just how you feel. That's just how you feel. Maybe it's my H2 over. I don't know. I feel like it's a segment and not a topic. What's the difference? I always assume play the, that's play the, the thing. Play the, play the drop. Play the drop. That's just how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it doesn't really work when you have to like vocalize me <laughs> to, to play it. I think it, I think it I think it, it works for that one time. <laughs> for sure. But can you do you actually know the difference between a topic and a segment? A topic is a one-time thing, a segment recurs. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I guess I meant it as a yeah. segment. Did I introduce it as a new topic? Yeah. Oh, my bad. Fuck. Yeah. Several times you said topic. <laughs> Fuck. God damn it. That's just how I feel. Yeah. That's fucking great. I like it. <laughs> I I feel like I can definitely come up with some of them, especially things I dislike pe- hearing from people. I mean, that's easy. Hack things. What? Hack things. I feel like every time I hear something that was like hacky. Yeah. That's I'm like, we're done. Yep. Agreed. Fucking, I'm here to fucking blow your ass up. There's fucking hack landmines all over this landscape. And I'm here to to make sure that you're scared to talk. (laughs) 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 Um, It's time for Reed Fellas, RE80. RE80. I just wanted to mention that the last book that I read last year, I finished is the final book in the Dark Tower series. Thank the God. Dark Tower. Nice. So I finished that just to fucking put a fucking cap on that whole series. The book ends, and Stephen King, he, he first of all, he wrote himself into the book, so he's like a character, and he's like authoring the, the ending of the book as the ending's happening sort of thing. And mm-hmm. 
the other the main characters aside from the main main character all have like a happy ending that end up in New York City and they have different names and shit but they and they don't really remember what happened but they all end up together and so it's like sort of a happy ending but then Roland the main character goes into the dark tower which he's been heading towards the entire series and Stephen King instead of just writing the ending mm-hmm. he has this whole fucking diatribe of <laughs> oh like the the real ending you just already read with every oh. the happy ending like stop you can stop reading now if you want like this I, is that's the end so fuck off and he's like but this this is for the people who think that the end is more important than the who feel like coming oh is more important than the act of making love and this is for those people who just aren't satisfied unless i give them the ending so i feel like required that i have to it's like go fuck go yourself fuck you piece of yeah. shit yourself they're not mutually exclusive a good journey and a good ending so it's like yeah just do both yeah it's your yeah. book homie this isn't fucking clue yeah this <laughs> isn't I don't know fucking that means, choose but... your own adventure oh. <laughs> like fuck yeah you. and it's like the people who have been invested in you as an artist as an author and you're just like this is for those fu- my the yeah. my fans that just fu- like y- they're your fans man why are you why are you shitting why on do you have because they like endings. endings for different fans it's that's bizarre i don't like that at all but he was just he's just saying like i just hope that you enjoyed the journey itself thus far but if you i guess if you still want the ending i guess out of obligation here it is so he, he it's not like an afterword that he says this it's like this is a chapter okay <laughs> and then whoa wait, wait so he says that and then gives you the ending yep oh well that's fucking dumb yeah it's almost more dumb than what i initially thought which was that was the ending is him saying that no 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 and then he goes into now it's rolling going through dark tower and the whole thing ends up being a whole loop where he it it ends with him back at the beginning of the first book except now he has a new item which i didn't know this but apparently the movie that came out he starts off with the item so the movie is actually a sequel to the dark tower series oh and it like ends so Oh. Maybe I gotta watch the movie now. I don't know. What well, didn't it, it didn't it not get good, great reviews? It did not. So ah. the books didn't get great reviews either. Apparently. They got decent. Not from you. <laughs> not. I mean, I give it. It's mediocre. I mean, I wouldn't fucking recommend it. Someone mm-hmm. else read it. Yeah. But I'm not mm-hmm. unhappy. I did. Whatever. Sure. I'm it's sorry. It's good to know that I'm not the biggest Stephen King fan. At least, I mean, I hear that The Dark Tower is very different than a lot of his other shit. Mm-hmm. The Stand was okay. But a lot of people say the standard is is his best book, and if that's his best that he has to offer, then I'm like, all right, I think I've I think that's I'm had good. En- had enough. I might eventually read The Shining or It. It yeah. is widely regarded as mm-hmm. like his best best, like it's his masterpiece. But mm-hmm. um, I'm not a huge fan of the subject matter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not a big yeah. clown guy. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. Any books on your end, Jamal? Nope. Okay, doke. I think we're ready to d- dump. Take a big dump on movies. <laughs> Yeah. Because we fucking watched a shitload. Again. Nice. Well, one less. And I know Jamal watched a shitload. We got Morgan's top 13 this week. Show do. And you don't have to worry about this. It ain't going to happen every week. We've just been on fucking vacation. Oh, yeah. I'm going back to work tomorrow. It's a whole thing. 
And I will preface this our, this list coming up that it is not as, not as many heaters as last week. I was going to kick off my <laughs> the start of my list with that comment. A lot of mediocrity. I think the mm. it doesn't go as low as last week's. But Correct. The highs go higher, I think. It was um, so the, it was actually I found it easier to make this list. The highs are higher, but the lows are more frequent. No, the low the last week's lowest like the bottom We're three. Shit. The bottom three are lower than all the movies I I think we saw this week. Maybe maybe one exception. Right, but I'm yeah. saying the the lows that you do have are more frequent than last yeah. week. Yeah, it's more just humming along not with a bunch of mm-hmm. movies I wouldn't recommend. Meh. A bunch of men. Yeah, but but some good stuff too. Worth it. Okay. Shall I? You shall. Number thirteen, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. <laughs> fuck <laughs> off what the with fuck? this movie. <laughs> Ma Rainey's Black Bottom is the new movie on Netflix. The Netflix movie with starring uh, Viola Davis and Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick Boseman's last movie, mm-hmm. his swan uh-huh. song, this and it's movie, it's based on a play. It seems like a play, but not in a good way. It's a true story, I guess. I mean, she's a real singer. Sure. Ma Rainey. Yeah. So it's about this band, and the singer is Ma Rainey, and they're going to record this song in Black this Bottom. studio, and they just have endless dialogue <laughs> and monologues like that are not that are just really overacting and dramatic. And it's overacting for sure. She's a cunt, and I don't know. She's yeah. a cunt, but I think rightfully so. The whole movie about Viola yeah. Davis is. Badass. She's just a boss ass bitch. Right. Like she's, she's like, no, this is my song. This is how we're gonna do it, and I think that's totally acceptable. And she just, she just doesn't want to take any shit from the fucking white people. There. This takes place in the nineteen fucking twenties, late nineteen twenties or yeah. early thirties. So it's like, she's a black woman who's knows that her people get taken advantage of, and she's like, fuck you. Like, yeah. Like I'm famous. And so she forces them to like get them like Coca Cola and, and like just like all this shit being very hard to work with, mm-hmm. understandably so. But I agree with the overacting part. Although I do think Viola Davis is good in it. Okay. She's scary. She looks like a fucking clown. Mm-hmm. But I think she is good. I think Chadwick Boseman is good. I think that them two, I think for sure, are going to get nominated for Oscars for these performances. Well, he's definitely dead, so he probably will. I don't think he was that great. <laughs> definitely I, I like Chadwick Boseman. <laughs> I just did not like this movie. I did not like it either. It's lower on my list. I didn't put it dead last. But uh, yeah, I do give it points because of their two performances. And it, it occasionally is fun to watch. But for the majority... I was uninterested from start to finish. Right, but I feel like because the first 40 minutes were uninteresting <laughs> that you it, you're almost giving up on trying to find interesting things okay there was lots of weird cuts like it edited very fast between people and scenes where you can tell like their mouths weren't lining up with the dialogue oh, I don't know. Mm. and you know how like sometimes it'll cut continuity error it'll cut like behind somebody mm-hmm. and you could tell that it's a completely different take. Their mouth take. is still moving. Yeah. yeah, their mouth is not lining up with what they're saying. There's a lot of that in this the, movie. The back of the head person. Yeah. yeah, and so if this movie gets nominated for any sort of sound shit, I'm like, <laughs> bullshit. Because it's a movie about music. recording and music yeah. and all this stuff. So I feel like it might. But This shit has, I just looked it up, 99% on Rotten Tomatoes. I know. I know. It's because it has black people in it and Chadwick <laughs> Boseman died. That's why. 
<laughs> it's got some feels in it, and it's definitely I, there's just quite obviously lots of overdubbing and lip singing, mm-hmm. and not even lip singing mm-hmm. just the song parts, but like lip singing the dialogue. Dialogue, like it's like. <laughs> Just lots of dubbing, you could tell. Like, the vo- <laughs> yeah. vo- voices aren't lining up. Yeah, I just didn't really care what they had to say, and there was lots of dialogue. Well, where it shines is when, like, they hold on, like, Chadwick Boseman doing, like, a fucking monologue. Yeah. But when they cut back and forth between all these characters, it's like, like, right. I don't want it to be, like, a fucking steady cam shot or whatever, but I do wish it was uh, t- more tempered. Sure. <laughs> the, editing. Yeah. Yeah. the editing was shit. So that was my least favorite. Okay. Number 12. Number 12. Come as you are. Come as you are. This is my number 13. This is my dead okay. last. Yeah. It's a fucking, this is a movie also very positively reviewed. Yep. Which is the reason why we watched it. It's an Amazon Prime uh, about a bunch of disabled I people. thought they were going to be retards. I didn't think, I didn't realize they were just going to have a uh, physical. Yeah, physical. There's a blind one, a quadriplegic. And a guy in oh, a wheelchair. A, yeah, and just a... <laughs> he has his arms work. What is it? Not quad. Bi- para. Bi- oh, paraplegic? Yeah, para- he has a pair of legs that don't work. <laughs> so <laughs> he's, so these three, and then they of course, and then they get Precious on board. Yeah. The black she, I enjoy her in Precious. the movie. Mm-hmm. I think, she, yeah, she might be the best part. She, she's fun, at least. Yeah. But um, she doesn't have a... But her physical disability is she's very overweight and she has diabetes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I guess that's equivalent. But, yeah, so the movie is about these three guys, you know, who are in their late 20s to mid-30s, and they haven't gotten laid because of their disabilities. And so they... It really comes between them and pussy. You know? It does, yes. And mm. so they travel to... Uh, a brothel. A brothel in, in Canada, Canada that is uh, tailored to them. So it's a road trip movie. Road trip movie... There's just the acting is not great, so there's that. There's that. I just don't like the Stephen character. I and I know the he's main supposed one. to the be the quadriplegic. An asshole, yeah, he's... but like I don't. I'm not like seeing a spectrum of a human being. Well, well, the problem is that it's supposed to be funny, and a lot of things he's saying are supposed mm-hmm. to be like quippy and like oh. like digs. Like he's supposed to be like almost like a fast talking, right? Like, but he's hack dick. as shit. It's just yeah, he's saying a lot of yeah. hacky things, and so it's not yeah. funny when intended to be, right? And so that loses points. A also, lot. the the first thing that really annoyed me was when he spends fucking an hour trying to hook his pouch with his phone in it mm-hmm. into his wheelchair, and then within five minutes of the car ride, he throws it all out the window. Yep. That was annoying to me. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It just... Also, they're all confused why he's late. This guy's a quadriplegic. He can only move his fucking head. Yes. And mm-hmm. they're Something like, why isn't happened. he coming to, to the meeting spot? Because they all, they all don't tell their parents, so they have to sneak out. And how is a fucking quadriplegic going to sneak out? You know? Yes. Un- like, I agree. Yeah. So he drops his phone on the ground before leaving, and that's why he's late. Yeah. So how is he going to get his phone? And so he has to hook it in his wheelchair by moving his wheelchair around until it sticks. Like a hundred times. It is actually that scene, I was like, fuck, man. And I get them this being sucks. like, 
It's, it was just their confusion on why he's late. It's like, you there don't think, you don't think reasons. Yeah, exactly. You don't think that one of many things could have happened <laughs> right. that a guy who can't move his body <laughs> right. is but late. But they're like, he's just unreliable. And, I, you know, it's like, all right. Fuck. <laughs> Maybe it's because he requires uh, assistance to fucking take a shit and to go, go from right. his chair to the bed. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe someone closed the door accidentally. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, like go to his house and try and sneak him out. Don't be like, where is he at? <laughs> yeah. You know where he is. I saw this movie in theater. You did? I did. Oh, <laughs> oh hell yeah. Let us yeah. go and explain this. Yeah. Okay, and you're all in. Is, tell me, tell me where your thoughts are. I mean, I thought it was meh. You saw it theater. in theater? Did it come out this year? I what saw it in the, the theater. Hell? No, no, no. I, no, of course not. It came out, uh, I think maybe late 2019 is when I saw it, and I was like, yeah, it's, it's 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 meh, it's pretty meh." And well. you don't even get to see like but, I wanted to see at the end. You know, they go to the brothel. You don't get to see them fuck. Why not <laughs> show them fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and they're all like disappointed with the experience. I don't know. I'm just like, well, like you I mean, think they'd be a little over the moon? At least the first time, you know, like. Maybe if it was like became a habit, it would become depressing and disappointing. But the first time, you got to be like, that was pretty cool because you have nothing to stack it against. Either. You accomplished your goal. Yeah, even if it wasn't as fulfilling the sex itself. Yeah, just the mere fact of the adventure itself and Traveling coming to an end. That we did it. And, yeah, yeah, that we did it. Maybe they're in the Stephen King camp of like it's about the journey, and if you like the coming part, then you're an <laughs> <Yeah>. idiot. <laughs> but right. Uh, I mean, there's the awkward ending scene of him doing a rap at the kid's funeral. One of the guys on the journey oh, dies. Oh, yeah, that was, that was, it was weird. It was so much less awkward than the scene where he's rapping by himself in his room. And he walks in. <laughs> I was, I looked at you and I was like, yikes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because he's, he's rapping about being a quadriplegic. Yep. And so it's a little on the nose, but. Yeah. It's like, do you want this dick from this quadriplegic? Yeah. Oh boy! It was, it was. I mean, it was painful for me to watch. Personally, <laughs> I was like, ah, this is so uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe you saw this in theaters. That's so yeah, fucking that's, funny. That <laughs> yeah, that this is my number thirteen out of all the movies. Yeah, that we saw. Um. Okay. Number eleven. Number eleven. Never, rarely, sometimes, always. Whoa! Can you put really? this way higher up, huh? Not way, but higher. Yes. Here's the thing. It's sad Juno. It's just depressing Juno. Yeah. Is what this movie is. It's it's there's mm. no relief. It None. feels like in the movie, and None. I don't. She literally is a sad sack the entire time. I, I put a note down. It says sad sack. You did. <laughs> nice. These are the movie. The movie is just a bunch of fucking sad sacks yeah mm -hmm. if you're gonna give me this hard drama mm -hmm. with a bunch of sad sacks like they're going through tough but common circumstances i'd <laughs> much rather see a documentary on this yeah mm -hmm. otherwise it's like you wrote this motherfucker right and it's like this masochistic feeling to watch this movie and just mm. be sad the what, whole time what is it about it's about Sad a 17-year-old girl <laughs> who is, she finds out she's pregnant. And you don't really know any of her backstory, but actually you never really find out. Yeah. But it's Some heavily are, implied that. Her stepdad raped her. Yeah, that she uh. has been 
certainly uh, forced uh, into Which we're left to assume. Like, that yeah. She, it, well, she does say that, like... It's heavily know. implied that... She doesn't say, but it's heavily yes, implied true. that she was raped. Yeah, and mm-hmm. we're only assuming it was the stepdad. For but that reasons. was the best scene in the movie, in my opinion. What? The title scene. Yeah, ex- except for um, what you had pointed out is, I agree there's no reason on this heavenly earth that when you're asking 20 questions... That you have to give the options never, rarely, sometimes, always after stating each question. Yeah, to set it up, she's in the doctor's office and there's a counselor you know, helping her through the decision to get the abortion, which is why it's, yeah. sa- it's sadder, Juno. She doesn't decide to give this kid up for adoption. Yeah, and it's a clusterfuck because mm-hmm. she thought she was only 10 weeks and turns out she's fucking 18 yeah, weeks. Yeah, so she has to go to a special hospital and shit. So mm. the counselor is gives her a series of questions in which she has to answer never rarely sometimes or always but after every time she asks her a question she then goes through the abcd of it it's like (laughs) she knows the options right and she even says at the outset like these are going to be the option i'm going to ask you some questions and you just need to answer never rarely sometimes always then she asks question one (laughs) then she goes never Never, rarely rarely. yeah sometimes always with like the gaps between saying them it's like Mm -hmm. she knows (laughs) but that was actually aside from that i felt like that was that scene felt realer than anything else in the movie i mean the whole movie does feel real i guess but that scene felt like because it just the whole shot it just holds on her as she gets emotional trying to, to answer these questions and it's like it's the most powerful scene in the whole movie i agree and it's, it actually is what brings the fucking it up the list for me. Because it's like, okay, this is a redeeming thing. <laughs> like, this is powerful in the movie. Yeah. But other than that, it is a fucking, like, sad sack movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, a, to- a total bummer. Um, and also, total... like, everyone in both of these girls' lives are, like, fucking touching them at work. There's lots of weird perverted like, things that happen throughout. It, which is why it's, like, that masochistic feeling of a yeah. movie. Like, their fucking manager like licks their hand at work and it's shit. They go on the subway in New York and, and like first time on the subway, a guy's jerking off in front of them. Yeah. And it's like, mm. yeah, you hear stories about that, but like they're really like this isn't, checking all the boxes right. of perversion. You don't on this. just yeah. go through three but days just, and these all characters. these things happen every day or when I don't know. Yeah. If you love this movie, you're a masochist. And- That's just sad. <laughs> Number 10, The Burnt Orange Heresy. Woo, that's pretty high up on your list there. You know, I almost put it after Never Rarely, Sometimes Always. I don't know. To be honest, I don't really even recall much of the movie. It's the one I remember the least about. That's my number 12. That's right above Come As You Are is The Burnt Orange Heresy. Yeah. Uh, I was underwhelmed. It's, I mean, it's not- it has a decent, like it gets a little good when it actually gets to like the title of the movie and yeah. what happens there, then it's like a little bit of a thriller. But the whole movie before that, I was like, boring, boring. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Lots of cool shots of mm-hmm. Italy, but holy fuck, there's so much dialogue setting things up that are, that's completely unnecessary. And I think that's why I forgot a lot about it. Cause like, honestly, when he gets to that guy's house, I'm like, shit, like, what's he doing here? <laughs> like, like, I'm yeah. like, I don't know. <laughs> I just yeah. Wasn't. Jamal saw this in theaters, and wh- what do you think of it again? I didn't see it in the theater. I watched it very recently, but um, I enjoyed it more than I thought I was go- going to enjoy it. And by that, I mean that I didn't think I was going to enjoy it just from the get go. Like when I first saw the trailer and everything, I was like, "This looks fucking bad." 
And then Tom and Christina on your mom's house uh, said that they really liked it. So I was like, okay, maybe it'll be good. And then I watched, so that's why I watched it, but still feeling like it was going to be bad. And I enjoyed it. It was, there were parts of it that it was better than I thought it was going to be, but I still thought it was pretty meh. Yeah, there were just parts of it that I thought were better than Come As You Are, which is why it's number 12 yeah. on my list. <laughs> okay. Number nine, Only Lovers Left Alive. So this is a movie about vampires, which I, I had no I fucking idea. Was this uh, Tilda Swinton? Yeah. Yeah, and Tom... Mm-hmm. Tittleson. So I kind of <laughs> I haven't seen it, but actually yeah. enjoyed the discovery of that and like yeah, the drinking of the blood situation is a like little. Up I can't much do vampires. I don't like vampires. I hate the fucking blood drinking. I hate the a lot of it has to do with neck biting. <laughs> yeah. I don't like neck yeah, incisions. You hate the neck stuff. So vampires for me, I just I get lightheaded watching vampire shit. But they were like normal folk vampires, which was kind of right. Cool. I like I like the take on it. Like they're they've been of course living for centuries because they're immortal. But now and they're living in the modern age. They don't kill people. They have to get their blood by going to a hospital. I think it's getting because up. I think it uh, the reason they do that is because so many people have the contaminated. Right. Them. It's be, they're trying to they call humans zombies. Mm-hmm. Like they're I'm tired of these zombies and they cuz they eat junk food I guess and because they they live their lives because they haven't been alive for 600 years and and absorbed all the knowledge and culture of living through Yeah. 10 lifetimes. Which is a little yeah, it's a little what's the word? Hard to take, a little fucking eye-rolly that the Tom Hiddleston character yeah, is fucking. He's willing to commit suicide over how much he hates the zombies. Yeah, that's like, like, dude. Mm. <laughs> yes, they're gonna be dumber than you. Right. <laughs> they're gonna be a little yeah. insufferable sometimes. But he's a recluse. Just has uh, Anton Yelchin, which is fun to see him. Yeah. R.I.P. And he makes music. He makes music that he doesn't want that anybody he doesn't to hear. Release to anybody. It's kind of like me. And then he. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and then Tilda Swinton's character. So they're lovers, but they live on opposite ends of the world because they've just been living for together all the time. Yeah, they've just been living together. But traveling is such a pain in the ass, so that because they have to make sure the the planes are only in the air at night, you know. So it is. They don't like traveling. Somewhat inconvenient. Also, it's like when you get your blood hookup wherever you're at, it's not easy to just drop trow in another city and then get all another hookup get all the things and And this is another gripe i have with vampire movies in general it's if it's a vampire movie you're going to hit these things their need for blood their can't be in sunlight Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. wood through the heart is bad (laughs) like they have to go through the it's almost like here's the checklist of things that we know we're gonna hear about now in this fucking movie yeah coming up with a movie where that's has this set yeah fucking mythological shit in it i mean i don't like vampire movies mm-hmm. in general but i i felt like this was somewhat refreshing it was refresh it's a it's a it's got to be moosh it's a jim jarmusch yeah so mm. <laughs> it's a uh, interestingly shot like it's not like a cheesy looking movie or anything yeah. it's, and they are very like you know, into fucking art and books and yeah, which is kind of cool. They've like really absorbed the cultural. Yeah, and science. He's a very good fucking. He's like a mechanical engineer with yeah. the level of knowledge he has. He worked with like Einstein or some shit. Yeah. So going into that, there's some interesting things about it. I agree. Yeah. I agree. All right, number eight. 
Uncle Frank. Ooh, okay. I kind of liked this movie. I kind of liked it too. I thought it was, I thought Paul Bettany vision from the Marvel movies was very good. <laughs> he is excellent. Yeah. As the titular character. Uh, Frank, he's, he plays a, a gay man Who who's in the is closet. very closeted from everyone in his family and life. Because it takes place in the late 70s. I can't remember. It's like right before, I think, before AIDS. AIDS. Yeah, yeah, right so. before it. But the movie's not about AIDS. It's just about him growing up in fucking Kansas or whatever. And his dad f- finds out that he is gay when he's young, like his first hookup. And he fucking hates this kid after. Yeah, fact. it's very homo. His dad's very homophobic, so he hates he hates his son. Like he yeah. doesn't. It's not just like in he, his he hates will. He like basically said, "I'm I leave you nothing, and I'm fucking ashamed of." Yeah. Whatever. I mean, that's I that's the climax of the movie. The whole movie is a, is another kind of road trip movie where his dad dies, and so he goes back to go to his dad's funeral. And when he shows up, yeah, they read the will, and his dad's like, "Fuck you, you piece of shit." And that's that's how he comes out of the closet, basically. Like the rest of his family mm-hmm. didn't know he was gay, but his dad knew, yeah. and says it in his will. It's so it's like it's Damn. a fuck moment. So to spoil the ending there, yeah. it's a good movie. I'd recommend it. It's I I put it higher up on my okay. on my list. All right, it's not fucking great, but it's 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 watchable. Number his boyfriend s- in the movie is great. I, he's yeah, fun. He's, he's a, he is. They're a good match. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, he's like very. Um, he's from Saudi Arabia, but he's like very flamboyant, very and gay, and smiley, like very cheerful. Yeah, you know, like yeah. and lovable. Number seven, Reservoir Dogs. What? This is my least favorite Tarantino movie. Really? Yes. Worse than Hateful Eight. Potentially. Oh my lord! This is a wrong opinion. I know. Mind. I'm aware. Okay. I'm aware that it is. <laughs> classically regarded by everyone as a great film. Reservoir Dogs is low on my list of, of Tarantino. I had seen it once before, just ready for it to be the, the best thing ever. I didn't remember much of it. And that's because nothing really happens in this movie other than brutally uh, terrifying scenes of mutilation and bleeding out and almost setting someone on fire. Okay, I disagree that nothing happens in this movie. Lots of things happen in this movie. The whole movie is a thing that happens. I mean, it's like a fucking, it's an event. Right. In a situation. Tarantino describes it. He's like, how do I, he's like, I wanted to shoot a heist, a heist movie where you never see the heist. Oh, yeah. Well, that, he accomplished those. I mean, I guess that's cool. I don't know. I just, I just am like, I think this is overrated somewhat. For its time, it's it's rated like it's not overrated at all. Mm. In fact, it's probably underrated for its time because it's an indie. It's his first movie. It's like an indie. Oh, is it his first film? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Like he did this on a very low budget. Yeah. And like, there's not many locations in the movie, and it's like you could tell he did it. Yeah. Like, there's lots to love about this movie. I think so. Go for I it. I like tell it. Me. I mean, it's just I I find the character building fun. I think the scene where he cuts off his ear is brutal, but I think it's a fucking classic scene. Mm-hmm. especially the long shot following him outside the warehouse to go get the gas can. Yes. And then walking back into the music jumps up again. It's just the tension building of that whole scene. I really don't like. And then the ending of that scene where he's about to light the guy on fire and then Tim yeah, Roth boom, boom. shoots him and reveals yeah. that he's the cop. I think it's a fucking brilliant scene. I think, I think you're right, except for I just really, the whole um, buildup of like, I'm going to burn you alive 
it makes me feel very unsettled. Right, but you're feeling unsettled, and that's the emotion he wanted you to feel. Yes, it's intentional. I felt it a lot. Whereas opposed to like never, rarely, sometimes, always, <laughs> where the feeling is supposed to be sadness, but what you're really feeling is boredom. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, you're right. It's not a bad movie. It's not, I, I'm not saying it's terrible. But you're about to list fucking six movies better than it that we watched? Correct. Okay. My number six is Jerry Maguire. <laughs> Number six? Okay, I put Jerry Maguire higher. You did? Yep. I thought you were going to hate this movie. Well, I've seen it before. Oh. And I've all, and I and I've like, like, I liked it before. It's just a rom-com, yada, yada, and you're tooting at the climax scene. and. I rep- Oh, my God. <laughs> right, when she, right when she said, You had me, you had me hello. hello. I had a big fart locked and loaded that I ripped Hell off. yeah. I mean, that's probably what moved Jerry Maguire up to number four on my list. I mean, okay. <laughs> I was irritated. It made it that much more enjoyable. But I, no, I think it's a very fun movie. It. It's a fun movie. I think it's super mm-hmm. great. That kid is cute as fuck. It's a cute kid. I mean, Jerry Maguire is cute as fuck. Yeah, Tom Cruise is always fucking great. And so, Cuba Gooding Jr. Is Renee Zellweger is the worst part of the movie, Agreed. but whatever. And then, her oh, sister yeah. uh, is funny. Bonnie Hunt is Bonnie great. Hunt. She's going to fall apart. Yeah, she just looks. She's, she's very fragile. I don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. She's not super attractive. But, I mean, the scene where he's kissing her on the porch, that scene takes way too long. It's fucking. That's a hot scene, though. No, it's not. I think it is. It's funny the ending of the scene where the jazz is playing and find and he's defining like what is this music that because yeah. the jazz is obnoxious. There's no, lots I of little funny things in the movie. Cuba Gooden Jr. I think he won an Oscar. He did for that role. Um, he's fun. It's his best role, I think. I yeah. can't think oh, of his entire filmography sure. off the top, but I think that's probably his best role. Better than Radio, huh? Uh, that's a toss up. <laughs> it's a, Jeremy Maguire is fun. I agree. I enjoy it. If you haven't seen it, yeah, you'll enjoy it. It's fun. Yeah. Number five, Swallow. Ooh. I liked this movie. Yeah. It was it was a decent movie. It was not better than Reservoir Dogs, but okay. <laughs> I was interested by it. I felt like it was a... Uh, addiction. You like addiction. I do like addiction. <laughs> it, But it was about um, pica, which is not commonly... Uh, the subject matter of a movie. So. I don't think I've seen a movie about Pika <laughs> <laughs> yeah. until this one. And um, yeah, I think the dynamic like with her husband is really weird and like the the rules he sets up for and I, I don't know. I just liked it. No, I agree. I think, yeah, as a tension build and like a fucking painting the picture of someone with an addiction that's just completely irrational. Yeah. But it's like it's they're addicted. Aren't they all? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Pika yeah. is um, the addiction of fucking eat, swallowing, eating, eating inedible objects. Yeah. yeah, I've heard of that. Like with like kids, like kids will have Pika, but I feel like it, it's you don't hear about it with adults. No, but <laughs> well, she was, you know, it's obviously with people who have trauma in their past. Yeah, for this. sure. Mm-hmm. And like I told Jordan. Um, there's a whole show called My Strange Addiction. Yeah. Uh, the bulk of which focuses on people. You told me the whole show was about Pika. Pika. Here's the thing is I've not seen, I think I might have seen one or two episodes. I've not watched the all 20 series or sure. 20 up- seasons but, well, or whatever. That's why I was so baffled because I've never seen the show. And you said, this is what My Strange Addiction is about. And I'm like, it is. And you're telling me there's like 
hundreds of episodes. And I'm like, you're telling me every episode is about people eating fucking dirt? Well, some people have diff- <laughs> like they have specific things. So like there's, uh, I remember when I saw it's like people eat wall chips or whatever. <laughs> And like then the paint chips. Yeah, the paint chips. And then um, the, there was a woman who kept eating detergent. It's like, yo, you can't Tide do that. Tide pods. So there, yeah, it can manifest into like very specific. Yeah. Just because I have thro- a throat issue. Like when she's like putting, like, she swallows a tack. Mm. At one point I'm like, oh. Mm. It is definitely like. Jeez. She swallows a fucking battery. Yeah, but the battery, like visually the battery isn't hard to take. Sure. But yeah, no, swallowing a battery isn't fucking very dangerous <laughs> you very much die from doing that but uh she swallows lots of crazy shit yeah it's fun, and then she it's fun digs, to see where she goes digs with in the poop and, <laughs> and saves them as little souvenirs yep she scoops out her own poop nice. and lots of close-ups of washing poop off of marbles <laughs> and jacks okay number four carnage again i really enjoyed this movie i thought it was funny I enjoyed it. So uh, upon Jamal's recommendation of a Roman Polanski mm-hmm. movie, Carnage, um, definitely a play. Mm-hmm. It all takes place yep. in just one location of these two parents who, two sets of parents who um, their child, got, they got into a fight or one child hit the other one with a stick. And so they are coming to a resolution on that matter. Or, so And they just, Jodie Foster is funny in this movie. They all are. They, they all, all are. They all are, are amusing. I need to re- rewatch this movie. I haven't seen it since I was like 15 or something. That's too young to watch this movie. I really liked it. It really is too young. Yeah, it's an enjoyable movie. I, like I put it. it lower on my list for reasons. What reasons? Well, as much as I do enjoy it, I do feel it is one trick as far as like lots of it does feel stretchy for time, mm. you know, to mm. make it a full length movie. It gets too unnatural in the way that these people would not be hanging around each other like this. Yeah. Mm. And like every time Christoph Waltz answers his phone, like I get that's part of it is him being annoying answering the phone, but it does, it is time that I'm watching this happen where it just feels like they're trying to stretch this movie to a feature length film. (laughs) So there's lots Mm -hmm. of like what conversate, what topic are they going to bring up to stretch it out? You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Number three after hours. Nice. You put that high. I put mine. I put that up pretty high too. I should have put it higher actually, because I do actually really like this movie. I think it was an excellent movie. You said it was scary, which it it's was. Not, it's not a scary movie. It was very. It's scary. It's a dark comedy. I didn't want to go to bed right after we watched it. It just had a very creepy. It aura. starts off creepy, but then it gets to like. Yes. It gets out of hand. Of like, course. Funny. Yeah, yeah. And it's a dark comedy. It does feel like a very dark episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Like the way things get yeah. called back and stuff. It's very Curve Your Enthusiasm before Curve. It's a Martin Scorsese movie. It's a Scorsese movie, one of his earlier ones. Wow, I've never even heard of it. It's fucking great, dude. Watch this movie. It's really good. Where did you guys see it? can't remember where we watched. I feel like it was free. It but yeah, good choice on that oh, one. Oh, it was on HBO. Oh, okay. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Maybe I'll watch that tonight. I don't want to like hype it like it's a great fucking movie. Like go into it with low expectations is obviously sure. the way to do it. Okay. But there's some fucking funny as fuck shit that happens in this movie. And it's old. So <laughs> when you see funny things in older comedies, yeah. it's enjoyable. It's bizarre too. It's like. There's a joke that reminds me of the Norm joke 
he's like, just give me your like exchange numbers with me. And then I, I can head out. Like he's just this yeah. crazy woman that he's just trying to leave. And he's any way to get out of here. He's like, just give me your number and I'll, and I'll go. And she goes like, okay, my number is five, four, four, three, three. And he goes, all right, cool. Like not enough numbers, but all right. Like he's <laughs> yeah. just like trying to get off. It's so funny. It is funny. And, and the, she repeats it like multiple times. Like that's my yeah, number. Yeah. She's like, what? That's my number. Five, four, four, three, three. He's like, yeah. Okay. Great. Like he's just trying to leave. It's so funny. <laughs> the lead in this is because it just becomes so it's just basically like this guy goes out at night and then the stakes like everything gets ramped way the fuck up yeah and crazy shit starts happening <laughs> and he, this guy he starts losing his mind yeah but it's a it, it's it's fun it's fun Bart. uh so give that a watch will do number two one flew over the cuckoo's nest Woo! nice nice it's love a, this movie it's a really good movie it's better than i remember it being you know what same and after watching it again i thought it was the clear number one i put one flew over the cuckoo's nest as my i almost one. put it as number one it's so it's so fucking good it's an excellent movie it, yeah better than i remember i think it does deserve a number one i put looper as number one just because looper is the most entertaining movie it's a known favorite and I had to put one flew over over it just because it's a fucking because it is classic. It has withstood the test of time. It has, and it is just yeah. it's super solid, very good. And Looper is not a flawless movie, correct? But no time travel movies are flawless. But right. I love mm-hmm. them. Yeah, no, I I I was surprised that I didn't remember it being as good as it is. Yeah. Like, I mean, I didn't think it was bad. I knew I liked it, but I was like, oh, shit, this is like a really good movie. Right. I feel like the, the older I get, the more. You understand. The more I <laughs> enjoy these movies, which is weird. It's like it's getting further away in mm-hmm. time. Yeah. But it gets better. Maybe it's just because of the maturity of the movie itself or something. I don't know. But I feel like, yeah, we should watch more older movies the older we get because we'll understand the, their greatness better. I am. Mm down because i don't recommend like a fucking 15 year old watching one flew over the cuckoo's nest i feel like hmm. you do have to have some years under yeah. you hmm. it's one of those yeah yeah so that's my list well done thank you for sharing your oh list. i will say the one flaw with one flew over the cuckoo's nest is six letters is too many Six, I mean, six, six words. words is too many in a movie title. It just is. Hmm. It's based on a book, I think. It is. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah, and she was trying to say, name it something else. I'm like, that's you a dumb idea. You can definitely do that. You can do that, and no one's going to know what the fuck your movie is. Call it Cuckoo's uh, Nest. Call it... The Cuckoo's Nest. Do you think the author of the book wants you to do that? No. I mean, never... It doesn't matter. Here's the thing. I don't want it to change. It's just... An observation. But from moving forward, nobody named their movie that many words. Like, it's grandfathered in. Right. Yeah. But one, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That is the only other one we could Once Upon of. a Time in America. Once Upon a Time oh, in Mexico. Up. Once Upon a Time in the West. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's and then all the Star Wars movies, if you include Star Wars, uh, not all of them, but Star Wars, Return of the Jedi. That's fucking six words. Okay. You got me? <laughs> You understand? <laughs> I think it. I, I I like the title of the movie. That's just how I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. 
how does your list differ, Jordan? Okay, so mine goes 13, Come As You Are, 12, The Burnt Orange Heresy, 11, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, 10, Only Lovers Left Alive, 9, Never Rarely, Sometimes Always, 8, Carnage, Mm-mm. 7, Swallow, 6, Uncle Frank, 5, After Hours, 4, Jerry Maguire, 3, wow. Reservoir Dogs, 2, Looper, one, one Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Nice. Wow, yeah, you did put Jerry Maguire up there. That's just how I feel right now. Word. But, yeah, after, like. But if it, you push him, Jerry. But if you push him, Jerry. I mean, the, way, the same way that me talking about the movies might shift your list. Mm-hmm. Even you talking about your list almost makes me want to shift mine a little bit. In what way? Like, I want to put After Hours above Jerry Maguire now. <laughs> I want to put, mm. maybe Only Lovers Left Alive, I'd swap. With never, rarely, sometimes, always, I'd put it right above minor, sure. very minor. Um, I like this uh, this new role of mine in the movie ranking. Oh well, this is probably the last time we're gonna do it. I, I know. Mean, we, go, we go back to work now, so <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, I doubt know, we're, gonna, we're I not gonna put up thirteens and fourteens. But uh, yeah, Jamal has quite a few movies that he watched. So yeah, I can burn through these fairly quickly. I feel. For the most part. Okay. Uh, Thank You for Smoking. Aaron Eckhart. It had been on my list for a hot minute. And I I went in with expectation that it was going to be funny. And it tries to be, but it's not very funny. It's just, it falls flat. I remember it being underwhelming. And now, and honestly, I don't remember much about it. It was very forgettable. Yeah, it was pretty, I don't give, I don't give a shit. So that was a bummer. Are these ranked? Is this your bottom? These are not ranked. They're not ranked. Um, tape, the Richard Linklater film with uh Ethan Hawke, Uma Thurman, and God damn it, I don't remember this guy's name. Dead Poets Society boy, that isn't Ethan Hawke. Oh, the fucking House's friend. Yeah, Wilson. Oh, Wilson nice. and House. I don't remember his name. Yeah, he doesn't have. One. Um, but it's the th- it's the three of them. Um, and I enjoyed this movie. It's super low budget, all shot in one location. What's it called again? Tape. Oh, T-A-P-E. Tape. Then I watched uh, The Souvenir. Mm. And this movie, this movie is, um, is okay. I mean, I <laughs> was more interested going in. I was like, oh, this is, it was, I didn't know anything about it going into it. So I didn't really have any expectations other than the fact that it, it's, I think it's pretty highly reviewed, but it's fairly boring. And yeah, I don't recommend it. Is it worse or better than Wakefield? <laughs> it sounds like you're giving it a worse than Wakefield. Oh, that's since you semi recommended Wakefield, and this one you're giving a zero. Rec. I think we need to replay the tape on what you think was my recommendation of Wakefield. Honestly, <laughs> well, you your review on this on the souvenir is I don't recommend. Your review on Wakefield was it was I right. Well, I'm also <laughs> right, but this is we're living in a post Wakefield era, <laughs> you know, so I'm more careful with my words now. Um, era. Uh... Yeah, you're you're so careful that I I, I predict that you're not going to recommend any of the movies that you that you you're about to say. Okay. Any of the movies that I haven't seen. <laughs> All right. We'll see. You're not going to recommend we'll a movie that I've never seen to me right now. It's actually I I think you might be right. <laughs> but uh let's see what happens. So then I watched uh Harold and Maud. Okay. Which is one that Ian been trying to get me to watch for a while, so we watched it together. And I thought it was decent. It's got a it's got a sweet Cat Stevens soundtrack. 
That's pretty cool. It's not as like the laughs, like all the moments that Ian's laughing, right? And I can't tell from my own subjective experience. Like I'd ha- I would have to have watched it alone maybe to know for sure. Let's just say, let's split the, the difference. It's half the joke isn't as funny as it is. And then Ian laughing as hard as he is at it make me not laugh at all you know like you to be laughing with all the other kids in the classroom (laughs) for sure oh 100 (laughs) percent. he would be carrying the torch but no and the but just the way ian talks about harold amad it was like and a big part of it was the soundtrack for him like that's how he got into cat stevens it's his it's his purple buffalo what it's his purple buffalo is what it is what is that it's a new i'm coining the term it's 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 when somebody likes something just enough to where they have to defend it no matter what, <laughs> even though they know that others might not like it. But they're like, I like it. I don't care. I'm defending it because at one point I did like it. And even if I feel now rewatching it that it doesn't quite hold up, I'm going to defend it because I had that feeling once. What does that have to do with a purple bu- buffalo? Because it's got to have a term. Okay. Yeah, I mean, but that is that ne- that wasn't necessarily the air of his record. He was definitely like blanket recommend. Ed, we gotta watch this movie. Like this is a crowd pleaser. That's what makes it a purple buffalo. Is you go in full f- like you don't hedge the mm. fucking recommendation. You're not saying like, but you might not like it. You don't do that. You go in full force and then defend it to its death, as you would a purple buffalo. <laughs> Him describing the reasons he liked it r- reminded me of like the reasons I like The Graduate so much because I'm a I'm a Simon and Garfunkel queef, but I think The Graduate is a better movie overall. I think society thinks that as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, then I watched uh, It's a Wonderful Life, classic, which I've definitely seen before. Love it. You know, I you actually recommend. haven't. Yes. I I think I have when I was very young seen It's a Wonderful Life, but I've essentially not seen this movie. Before you're making memories. We can watch it. You should watch okay. it. It's good. I feel like I we'll like watch it. it next Christmas. <laughs> this <laughs> It helps. And this one, even though it's a classic, like it might help my purple my purple buffalo ness around this movie. What movie? I don't know. It's a Wonderful Life. No, it's not a purple. The fact that it's, it's a classic, possible to be a purple buffalo because everyone loves. Everyone loves it. It's a. Okay. It's a. Good. It plays fucking twenty four seven on every channel. On like that. Day. That's when. You, that's like. That's a golden eagle. You can fucking- right, but it, but but I'm saying that for Morgan though, as seeing it possibly for the first time as an adult, like because a lot of that I feel like carries over. But it doesn't matter because an older generation. What makes it a purple buffalo is that you could be put in a position to defend this movie whereas with it's a wonderful life it's in a category where if someone says they don't like it they have to defend that position because they're they're (laughs) battling against the majority who loves it right with a lot of like nostalgia movies right like the temptations like i'll always defend that that's your purple buffalo for sure and you hate it it's well it's a bad movie yeah i love it (laughs) i watched it a lot when i was a kid sure I mean that's I mean that's a little different than Harold Amad only because Harold Amad does have a little bit of a cult following whereas I think The Temptations no is a the, bad movie right like, What about Dirty Dancing is probably another no that is that's definitely cult following a lot of people love that movie. true that's closer to It's a Wonderful Life I feel okay I'll think yeah. of my buff <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
Okay. Then I watched uh, October Sky. Okay. Which is a rewatch, but I hadn't seen it since I was like in eighth grade. It's good. It's a good movie. It's got that Darny Darkly kid. It's a bit. <laughs> come on, Jake Jesus. Jake Jesus. He's 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 the best. Um, but it's it's. I mean, it's definitely got got. It's it's no wake basic. Field. It's it's no Wakefield. <laughs> After having watched Wakefield in the post Wakefield era. <laughs> It's not as good as I remember. No, it's 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 good, but it's I think watching it in eighth grade is like the perfect time to watch it. I think they nailed that. Is this the one about rockets? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We watched this in shop class in eighth grade. There you go. I'm telling you, eighth grade. Apropos, Danica had, had said she said, like, "I just watched this last year in eighth grade." I was like, "That's when I fucking watched it." Like, yeah. Eighth grade's the year. It's part of the curriculum. Mm-hmm. Then I saw the Sisters Brothers. Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, Joaquin and John C. I've never heard of And this. Jake Jesus. And Riz Ahmed. Oh. What? This movie, um, it says it's a comedy, right? Like on the, the description on Hulu. Comedy movie. It's a Joaquin comedy, okay. though. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, and so, um, I, so I walk in, and, and it's, it's very dark. It's very, very violent. And like a lot of people getting shot in the head as they're laying on the ground already dying, kind of this happens probably twenty five times in the movie. I I don't know how to feel about this movie. Like I enjoyed it overall, I think, but like the acting is a little odd, more so on Jake Jesus and Riz Ahmed. Like they're they're sort of they have their storyline, and then Joaquin and John C. Riley have their storyline, and they sort of meet up midway through the movie but the the jake jesus riz ahmed portion when it's just the two of them i found odd especially since you've ver- I've already seen them paired up together in nightcrawler <laughs> but but that aside like just the acting itself felt a strange like like bad i don't know I, it's hard to tell i was like i don't know if this is bad acting or i just don't have a good grip on these characters yet it's it's odd so Overall, I don't know if I recommend. I knew you wouldn't. <laughs> yep. Uh, then I watched Wild Rose, which is uh, a I've movie heard with of this. Uh, Je- Jesse Buckley from I'm Thinking of Ending Things and Fargo season four. <laughs> she plays uh, I don't know, I can't remember where she's from exactly, somewhere in the UK, but she wants to be a, a country singer. She's all she wants to do is get to Nashville and be a country star. And she just gets out of jail, and she has two kids that her mom has been watching for her while she's been in the clink. It's got some good moments, but... You don't recommend? You get these child <laughs> actors in here, and I, I don't know if I recommend again. It's like... How's her performance, though? Her performance is good. Okay. It's it's she, good. She's I, I She has intrigued me as an actress. She has got some yeah. chops on her, I believe. She really does. And she sings these songs like oh great she's got a good voice i love a singer is it oscar isaac level yes yeah okay. right. I, I would say is the music as enjoyable hey here's the thing i'm not a huge folk music guy but because of the mm-hmm. movie inside lewin davis mm-hmm. the context of the movie makes the songs more enjoyable dude like it, you being yeah. interested in listening to the soundtrack just by itself yeah like i i don't really have any interest in that i enjoyed the songs in the context of the movie sure right and that's that. That is honestly how I felt about these songs too. Like I'm not a big country guy, but I, I mean, I liked 
the songs in the context of the movie. Yeah. And but the the way the movie is laid out, it's like she gets a lot of like really good opportunities and at first it feels like, man, this is like happening too easily. Where's the conflict? But the conflict is at home. It's like she's not spending enough time with her kids and she's feels like a piece of shit. And so like that is fine. But even that I felt like was a little flimsy and somewhat predictable after a while. More like a tame rose. What'd she go to prison for? Um, she went to prison for like heroin smuggling. But she claims that she didn't know that that's that it was heroin that she was like over the border or something. Mm. But yeah, uh, then I watched Shrek and then Shrek Two <laughs> and Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, that what Tomorrow. a great movie! Doesn't it hold up hard? It holds up real hard, and I didn't remember most of the climax. I guess I'd only seen it like once back when it first came out, but I remembered most of like him you know, dying over and over again and the the, the 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 comedic moments that happened therein. But I didn't remember, you know, the climax of the fucking movie. So that was cool. I mean, we, we covered the, the two blunt time warp movies. We did. There we go. Both very excellent. And then last night I watched Inside Lewin Davis. Nice. And? Yeah. It's great. I hadn't seen that one since it first came out either. So good. It's so good. It's so good. The music's great. Oscar Isaac, great. It's fucking funny. I mean, as far as like Coen Brothers movies go, yeah. What? Where? How are we ranking these? Because I mean, we did last week. We did Quentin Tarantino, and we don't have to do all of the Coen. Brothers. I would need to see a list. I mean, I'm thinking, holy fuck! I mean, they got so much fucking heat. Yeah, that it's very hard to do this. It's suit. It's it's rock hard. It's, I mean, Fargo, No Country for Old Men. Where do those even rank n- near each other? You know, like well, that's what I'm saying. The how top, do you decide? the The question is, does Inside Lewis crack the top three? Because Fargo mm. and No Country for Old Men for me are definitely in the top three. The order yeah. can be questioned, yeah. but is the third yeah. slot is there, Inside Lewin Davis? Is there another one that tops? Raising Arizona is great, there. but I think Inside Lewin Davis is better. Yeah, I agree. And I only saw True Grit once, and I really enjoyed it, but I think Inside Lewin Davis is better. Yeah, I'd have to see it again. I haven't, again, haven't seen it since it yeah. came out. I think Inside Lewin Davis is my number three. What is your one and two? Probably goes, probably Fargo. Yeah. I'd put it number one, mm-hmm. then No Country, and then Inside. Okay, rattle off more Coen Brothers movies. I'm having trouble thinking of them. At least ones that you think might be contenders for me. The Shape of Water? That's not a Coen Brothers movie. Oh, fuck. I'm not looking at the right thing. <laughs> okay, Oh, Brother, We're Out, though, I think no. is overrated. Yeah. So The Big Lebowski, I think, is a little overrated. Yeah, I, I enjoy it, but I do think it's overrated. Um yeah, I'm not in the cult. I'm not. All I'm not about in the cult. Dudeism. Yeah. I've always wanted to see, but have yet to see Barton Fink. Barton Fink. Barton I like. Barton I like Barton Fink. Fink. I don't know if it cracks top three though. I like Barton Fink though. The Lady Killers is not a good movie. I haven't seen it or heard of it. Uh, Burn After Reading is fun. Is mm-hmm. a fun movie. It's fun, but I. I. It's not top three. Definitely not. Hail Caesar is not very good. Yeah. And then their most recent, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, is an anthology movie, which is very yeah. enjoyable. But yeah. because it's a bunch of short films, basically, I'm not going to fucking put it up yeah. with the greats. 
Yeah. So yeah, for me, Fargo, no country, inside Lewin Davis. Yep. I'd have to agree. All right. God is real. Uh, I was doing a crossword. I was doing the, the New York Times crossword puzzle mini, and Jimmy Fallon was on the TV there. And then he makes a uh, he drops a Nas reference, and the very next fucking answer to the the the, the puzzle there was Nas. Wow! Crazy. And then I and then not but a few minutes later, I walk <laughs> into the kitchen. Jimmy Fallon is still on the TV there. Ian and I are bantering about who gives a fuck. And I just out of out of nowhere arises in my consciousness the phrase "Where's the beef?" Mm-hmm. Which I don't even think I was around when that was in the Wendy's. You know, you wheelhouse or whatever. Weren't. Definitely, we're not. Is it yeah, before so, our time? So yeah. So where's the beef comes out of my mouth, and then a minute later. Jimmy Fallon drops a where's the beef joke. Dang, Jimmy Fallon. Within the same program. Me and Jimmy are on the same Christ trajectory. (laughs) You know? We watched. It was was beautiful. Three movies in a row that were set in Boston. Oh, here's a couple of uh, Chicago. Chicago. My bad. Um, But the craziest uh, God is real is that, like, fucking. All the movies we watched one day, a character's name was Joel. It was graffitied. The name Joel is graffitied somewhere. Joel. Joel. Was all it was mentioned. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah. What the fuck? It was like four out of the 14, but still. But I feel like it was like, I feel like it was over just a couple days, though. Like, it was either one day or over two days because I was like, what the hell? Like, here it is again. Starting with Risky Business, where Tom Cruise's character's name is Joel. So it's, yeah. the, The references later on were much less involved in the story, but it was still kind of nuts. Yeah. God is real. Word up. Let's see what Megan's wondering. Hell yeah. Hey, weird fellas. I just finished one of your episodes, and it was great. I was wondering, before you start recording, do you do any type of routine every time or most times or whatever, right? Like warm your voice up or go scream off the balcony or what what do you do? (laughs) And then I thought of on School of Rock, right, when uh, Jack Black is like, tip of the tongue, teeth on the lips. (laughs) Do you do anything strange? Or maybe it's not strange and it's fine. Whatever. What do you do? I take a shit. Jamal always <laughs> takes a deuce. I definitely, yep. I go on our balcony and I scream, where's the beat? <laughs> no. <laughs> I definitely don't have a routine. We move the couch you, so Morgan can lay at it at a fine angle. Morgan cracks open a spindrift. Yeah. She gets a fresh spindrift. I got a full glass of water here to stay hydrated. I always got the water. I mostly just... Um, try to not get, get into a place where we have now argued or br- anything that could potentially bring the mood down. <laughs> I desperately try and avoid it, but is not always. Uh, You're a, making it sound like we fight most case. of the time and you, no. as an exception, have to find a we way fight to. We fight zero amounts. <laughs> but it, I'm very <laughs> cognizant of pod day and the mood. Mm. Oh, okay. Then we get on the phone and talk for like a half hour before the pod. Yeah, with Jamal. And then we do the pod and then we get, talk on the phone again for like another hour. 
It's it's great. It's it's it wonderful. It's so awesome since fucking Corona decided to be a cunt and everything that we it's really brought you guys back into my life and I into yours. And it's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful fucking thing. I get to talk to you guys every week. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's I mean, we definitely about. put in probably another pod's length worth of talking. Oh, for sure. Before and after yeah. the pod. Yeah. Sometimes I think like, oh, I should have kept it rolling. But then that would obviously alter what we say. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could keep it rolling without any intention of releasing it, I guess, just to have that. I just think mm-hmm. that's a weird idea. But then, yeah, then I jump back like, no, there should be conversations that get lost to the ether yeah. and, and such. But no, yeah. I do not uh, practice warming up my voice or anything of that nature. Yeah, I don't no. do anything like that. Maybe when we start getting paid, when we're professionals, we'll, we'll adopt a a practice of some kind. I feel like I'm pretty capable of talking. Yeah. No, I'm joking, but... Before Real Day shows, I had a ritual of always wearing a brand new, fresh pair of socks. Yes, you did. Oh, that's cool. I like yeah. that. Fresh. How, how did that come about? Just you did it the first time and you decided to do it every time after? Or would it have more utility than that or what? No, it's more of a treat yourself thing. Like, I always enjoy putting uh, on a fresh pair of socks. And so it's like to treat myself for the show I'm going to put on a fresh yeah. I used to tell That's my mom dope. when I was uh, younger that if I ever became rich in life I would wear new socks every day <laughs> new socks every day that's the dream it's a dream yeah some people are living lives in in war torn countries mm-hmm. and their dream is just to have socks get get, get the next meal yeah <laughs> you know you know, different strokes for different folks, you know? <laughs> but yours is just as valid, Morgan. Thank you. Thank you. That's right. It's all you know, relative. It's all relative. And th- if you were living that life, you could be donating the, the your, your one-day-old socks. Exactly. That's exactly my point. Everyone loves to receive you <laughs> socks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, the people who are worried about their meal would. We could cook them up. And that will do it for the pod. I want to say that we have a special... I guess it's a surprise, but it's going to be our new thing now is we have a, an outro. Whoop, whoop. Last year, Hell we closed yeah. the year off with a bunch of fucking um, clips, throwback clips. But now we, this is just going to be, uh, this is going to be our solid uh, outro theme. So I hope you guys enjoy. Quit talking, put butter on that shit. Bye. Stay hydrated. <laughs>